Lucifer never lies, but clearly Chloe does. Dan and May say the law. We don't need no stinking law. And Father Kenley is doing God's work, but who is he really working for? I know all this sounds like a soon-to-be-canceled TV show, but Los Exes Forever, Holmes! We are talking! A lot of Netflix's Lucifer Season 4, Episode 3, Oh Ye of Little Faith, Father. Grab your Apple Teenies, because the After Buzz After Show is about to start right now. You're tuned in to AfterBuzz TV, the ESPN of TV talk. Now, let the buzz Where's my Apple Teeny? Where's the Apple Teeny? That's how I, it works. You told me you were going to bring it. It's yeah. in a uh, plum-sized vial. <laughs> Let me, I, put, I poured some in your drink. No, go ahead. Drink up, drink up. I'm going to oh. start saying everything's plum-sized now, because yeah. plums can apparently be the size of a marble to the size of a watermelon. Hey, listen. It's a plum seed? Plum Have you ever seed? been to Bed Bath and Beyond? Things that are plum sized. They're in the Beyond section. They are. Yeah. That's where it works. That's huh. where it works. What section would you guys all be in as we break down today's Netflix's Lucifer season four, episode three? Oh, ye of little faith, father. A line that was actually said in the show, which made it even more fun. Uh, Along with the show, we have, of course, the wonderful, illustrious panel that we always have present. Uh, all the way to my left, Stephen Lemieux. Yeah, no WB, no white boy this one, just just the name. I appreciate that. Well, actually, Father Kenley became my favorite white boy. <laughs> so you actually got demoted. It wasn't a compliment. Because he's in jail or because the beard or what is it? That made him real. Oh. Um, I can't wait for his mixtape to drop. And, of course, the person whose mixtape is the most fire on SoundCloud, Roxy Stryer is in the building. <laughs> No, that sounded right. like Lilum. That's still well, better. Uh, oh, <laughs> yeah, that was some Lilum. Yeah, Lilum, Roxy Stryer in the building. Yeah, uh, these episodes are getting better and better, man. I, I this episode was awesome, and I can't wait to break it down. Yeah, I, I cannot wait. And of course, I'm your host. My name's Teron. You can catch me hosting this, and of course, a slew of other after buzz after shows where we talk all good things. But this might be my favorite one because we are talking Netflix's Lucifer. Season four, episode three. Oh, ye of little faith, father. I feel like that was directed directly towards you, Stephen. Yeah, I just yeah, exactly. A little bit I to have me little too. Faith. Mm. Are you both of little faith? We are I of think little faith. So, are you of much faith? I am a faith-driven person. My faith also is mostly just about myself, but still, I have faith in faith. humanity. I have a plum-sized vial. That of faith. one I don't know. <laughs> Okay, today's breakdown, we're going to go over, of course, we're going to start with the case, and then we're going to get to the heart of the show and how that case applies to it. Father Kenley and Lucifer meet and greet, and he's not a normal priest. Lucifer's daddy issues, Chloe struggles with, is Lucifer good or evil? I'd love to know what you think as well. Lucifer thinks Chloe is lying, which she is. (laughs) Lucifer does charity, and I don't mean the stripper from season three. Oh, her name was Candy. Never mind. Can Chloe ever accept Lucifer's true face? Dr. Linda's analysis. Dan needs comfort and gets it. Yeah. Maze and Dan beat up Los Exes. Amanda Deal does the most human male thing I've ever seen on the show. How did she get pregnant? But tries to be a dad and a husband. Ella takes off the chain. The prophecy. Father Kenley is excommunicated. And a new girl walks in. News and gossip. Special segment. Circles of hell. Predictions and much more. Yeah, we have a lot to discuss. Let's get into those overall thoughts. As you were just saying that, I remembered all of the things that I just was obsessed about in this episode. I mean, the the Dan storyline has me 
totally freaked out right now, and I'm <laughs> curious where we're going to go with that. Uh, the tables have turned with Lucifer and Chloe, and I'm really invested in that. And like Steven talked about, I believe, in episode one and episode two, I love that they're just paying these off so quickly, and we don't have to wait for episodes before we see arguments, results, all of that stuff. So to me, this episode was the best of the season so far. Thank you, Netflix. I'm so glad I don't have to wait a week. I do not have to go home, wait a week, and then watch the next episode. I can watch what Engine, happens baby. after this Apple Teeny directly today. And yeah, because we have to get into that binge. What were your thoughts on this episode? Um, I liked the episode a lot. It was a little bit more set up than the previous two. Uh, the previous two were like, let's create, uh, let's tackle these issues that are with the characters right now. It kind of rehashed a few things from the first two episodes, just with the shoe on a different foot. Instead of it being... Um, uh, Chloe distrusting of Lucifer and not knowing who he is. It's now Lucifer distrusting of Chloe and not knowing if she's who she really is. Basically, Father Gaslight just being kind of a dick. And also, even with the even with the murders, it's really playing on this whole Charlotte thing. With like the first episode was people who were uh, was the person who was murdered turning the life around and everything like that. What, people who were in witness protection. And now this episode again, people who are turning their life around to get away from the violence of their past. So it's really, really heavy-handed on the nose in terms of people, can you escape your past and how that pertains to Lucifer? Well, I, I felt that it had a lot to do with people aren't who they seem to be. So in the second episode, we get the kindergarten teacher who everyone loves, who we find out is a major B-word. And here we get people who you would think are criminals or, or bad people, and yet they, they are the ones who have turned their uh, lives around. We get a lot of that actually... It, within the Bible itself, if you know the people who are chosen by God aren't the people that should have been chosen. I mean, Noah was a drunk. So I like the way the story's going, the fast-pacedness. Roxy brought, pointed out last time we had a conversation, Netflix gives us a payoff where we don't have to wait and they don't have to make us beg for what's going to be on next episode. They just give it to us raw, and I really like that a lot. Yeah, I said it, and I meant it all the way. And I would also like to say that that bar, children are all sociopaths. That will stick with me forever. Let's talk about the case. So there's a uh, technology expert come billionaire. <laughs> there was. Uh, the victim, ex-gang member, uh, Los Exes. I don't know why this is my it's Los Exes. It doesn't look cool. It's man. Los Exes. No, you gotta, it just you gotta, looks like double shocker is what you're doing right you gotta, now. You got to exit. You got to exit. I'm not. This is not. Nothing gangster about that. Turn but, rocket scientist Susan Ochoa, 29. Quick turnaround on the rocket science, by the way. Literally and metaphorically stabbed in the back. Then we also get a second victim, David Ramirez, which is how we clear, uh, we clear your come billionaire, uh, Anders Brody. Uh, David Ramirez, 27, apprentice mechanic who lived in the back of the shop, also stabbed in the back, also a member of Los Exes. So this storyline took a turn for the better at the end with it being a conspiracy by Father Gaslight, which I'm going to refer to him as that. It's Father Kinley Father is, Kinley is Father, Father Gaslight. Gaslight. Um, and I really think what's really sad about this storyline is what they do with Anders when Lucifer asks him what he desires is they set up for the fact that she was clean. They set up for the fact that the girl was murdered was clean. And then right at the end, they have the guy be like, she was doing drugs again. She was a th the other guy was a thief. And it's so sad because Anders has proven that she wasn't doing drugs again. Father Gaslight was lying to that guy as well and got a God-fearing man to kill two people 
by lying to him. Which theoretically makes you think that the show's stance on can people change or can you put out one person, then think you're another person and grow is yes, you can. But the past will always follow you. And it will haunt you. Yeah. Nature versus nurture. The concept of Oscar Rivas, the counselor and mentor, being the one who murdered them. Mm-hmm. And... In a gruesome way, of course, stabbing them in the back. That's the worst. It, it's an expression for a reason, you know. Uh, you stab somebody in the back. And that's – I love um, to be the the theorist here at the table for a second. Just with this one part, this entire episode is obviously about being stabbed in the back and being <laughs> – thank you. And I being blindsided. And I think that this is such a great visual that we're just looking at these two people – gushing very, very uh, neon red blood from their backs. No one makes me bleed my own blood. (laughs) Well, that's the concept. Every case, of course, has a deeper meaning in each episode of Lucifer. And you are 100% on the nose with it, Roxy. It is about being stabbed in the back, which means... I finally got it. You got it. Oh, man. You got it. That's why you're the queen of the brains. Mm, Using Uh, them. Your back is turned because the the objectivity is that you trust the person enough to turn your back on them. Oh, backstab. Got it. Okay. There you go. There you go. Thank you, Stephen. (laughs) So when we get into the cases really about we find out about backstabbing, and of course, Chloe is in essence backstabbing Lucifer. But the way he finds out is because Father Kenley and Lucifer meet and greet. Why do you guys think that she continues to lie to him about this? When he clearly knows something's up, he asks her in so many different ways. He meets with Father Kinley. He tries to trust her. He asks her, so you didn't tell anybody. So no one knows. So I have zero reason not to trust you. I mean, he's clearly fishing. She's a detective. She senses things about him. We've seen her get to the bottom of him so many times. Why, why isn't she telling him? I think it's just one of those things that's like he never it, – it's what Linda said. Once you ring that bell, it can't be unrung. And I think for her sake, that's the same thing. It's like once I say this, it can't be unsaid. Once he knows about this, it can't be undone. Because I think regardless of her telling him or not, he would have had that reaction. And I think she knew that conversation would lead to what happened ultimately at the end, which was them stepping apart from each other. I – also would like to add that it is the most human of all things to deny. So by not admitting it to Lucifer, she's not admitting it to herself as well. Also, most of us have been in a situation where a parent or someone we love has caught us, and even though we're caught red-handed, we still deny, deny, deny till you die. Sorry, Margaret. Do you think she's embarrassed? You think she's ashamed that she did that? Because that's such a weird, it's such a weird thing as an audience member, uh, obviously being able to look at both perspectives and trying to step back objectively. How can anybody be ashamed that they were going to maybe try to take out the devil? It's because a, it's, it's not just thing. the devil. Let's not forget it's also her lover, her her friend, it's, lover. It's it's preconceived perceptions of somebody told to you by somebody else. It's like if somebody told me that you were like a heinous serial killer, Roxy, and they had like a bunch of haphazard evidence, but they're like, I believe it. but there's a lot of evidence. If someone's and a serial killer like, at this panel, I'm I was gonna like, go okay, I'm going to go ahead and kill Roxy. And then 
I'm like, actually, I'm not going to kill Roxy. Actually, no, Roxy. Should I then be like, later when you're like, Steven, there's nothing you haven't told me? Like, well, there was that time I was going to kill you. Yeah, you should. Well, there's so also I something don't to tell you, Roxy. Lucifer, <laughs> that, actual, that actual point happens when Lucifer visits Linda, uh, Dr. Linda, and says the whole situation. It's like, I'm being betrayed by the, the detective who I trust. How do you know? Some complete stranger told me. But he uh, had yes. evidence. That's a, that's the issue. Is everyone believes what they see? She didn't believe he was Satan until she saw his face, and now he wouldn't have believed it. But then she very obviously lied to him. And the stranger who told him, how would he have known the situation if it hadn't been somewhat yeah. true? Obviously, he wasn't telling the full truth, but he was telling partial truth. I think that you just mentioned Linda. She is a really bad therapist. I've been listening to some of the advice she's been giving. Mm-mm, Linda. Mm-mm. Every time Lucifer leaves your room, I think he's worse off than before he came. I'm going to have to disagree with that, and I'll tell you why. Because Linda is all about a concept that we found out in episode one of the season. Angels have self-actualization, and she's all about you self-actualizing. So she's actually putting it out. Lucifer is not the one picking it up. He's picking up the wrong meaning but as he walks out. You have to know your players, Tehran. And if you coach everybody the same ways, are you a good therapist? She knows him. She's been his therapist for four years now. I really and was banging him at some point, which also doesn't make a particularly yeah, great therapist. I was about to say, I'm like, yeah, you know, I wasn't questioning her when she was banging her clients left and right. I was questioning her now. Lucifer was a much more sexual creature in the first season of Lucifer, the show. So True. the Lucifer that they presented also had a sexual energy that he would present and would therefore attract attract any sexual being around him. And so was it Linda's fault or was it Lucifer's power? We weren't so sure. But, now that, but once Linda got her head on straight, she has not shown him any sense of attraction, just to be fair, just to be fair... Towards Dr. Linda. Oh, you got a crush on Linda or something? I do have a little crush on okay. Linda. Okay. I like Dr. Linda. I see it. I like smart women. You're not spicy enough for some Roxy. Aww. I'm not. You're I'm not a spicy drink guy. I'm not uh, a, a menadeal enough. That's what she wants. She wants that. You're not a man deal enough. Okay. All yeah. right. Thank you. All right. So <laughs> Father Kenley basically sets it up. Are we thinking that this is a setup or... I last episode, I think I predicted that he wasn't going to be as bad as I thought. I take that back. He's obviously going to be the big bad. I just don't understand. I I'm glad we finally got to the bottom of it by the end, but I didn't know why making her turn against and by her I mean Chloe turn against Lucifer or Lucifer turn against Chloe. How that would help extract him from Earth. And now I'm seeing that it's kind of an either or situation. We either need to get rid of him or make it so he doesn't do true evil. Yeah, so the we learned the prophecy this episode. We finally know what the prophecy is that Father Kinley was so against. Which, again, if the prophecy each time the devil comes on is that he falls in love and evil decides to go come billionaire. So I think, like, right now, Father Kinley was just doing whatever it took to either send him back to hell or not have him fall in love. But again, with the Catholic Church, they don't believe that it's actually Lucifer. So we also learn that the association of exorcists is really, like, not a thing. It's just 
Father Kinley. Yeah, and I'm not Lucifer enough not to say bless you, Roxy. You want to know what I learned this week, though, which is really interesting? I don't know if you guys have ever heard this. Apparently when you sneeze, it's because the something that somebody else is saying is very true. So whatever you just said, Stephen, I think it's true. The truth. Truth. Yeah. Okay, Stephen. So we hear about the end of days prophecy, which is, of course, the return of Satan through the Antichrist. And that would understandably uh, be in the form of someone he loves, especially with the setup of Amenadiel and Linda having a baby. I think it's more like Lucifer has already shown that he'll do anything for somebody he loves. So what if the person he loves is skewed towards temptation and skewed towards the more sinful instincts of humanity? And what will he do for her? And how will it turn into disaster and evil? And then at the same time, what will the Catholic Church overdo once they actually realize that the prophecy is starting to come true? Do you believe, do either of you believe Father Kenley? Is Father Kenley an honest person? Do I believe that that's what he believes or do I have the same beliefs as him? No, no, no. Do you believe him because he, when he says things, he's lying. Is the prophecy true? Yes. I think he believes the prophecy is true for sure. I think he believes everything he's saying. But like I, like I've mentioned before, Lucifer thought everything he was saying was fact, that he was untouchable. Then he met Chloe. Everything you're saying couldn't be true until X, Y, Z. So that might be the prophecy, how you interpret things. It's the same thing going on in Game of Thrones right now, guys. We're trying to interpret the prophecy. And we know that sometimes what your human ears interpret as the prophecy is not actually how it's intended. So... I don't know if if he his interpretation of what's going on. Do I believe that? No. Almost three episodes without a Game of Thrones reference. Thank you. No, Rocky she she had one the other episode. Oh, did she? Of yeah. course. She, she did. said oh. no, nothing. Jon Snow. Oh yes, the Jon Snow reference. I Good can't call, help Stephen. It. Stephen, a uh, question for you. You said yes. I think Why? yes. I think the prophecy is real because prophecies are based on previous happenstances of things happening. That's a terrible sentence. But like if. If you go to the dog park and every time your dog takes a dump, there's a prophecy that the next time you go to the dog park, your dog's going to take a dump. It doesn't mean that it's going to happen, but it means there's a good chance of it happening. So with a season that's basically building up all this past versus can people change, it's the past has shown that this has happened with Lucifer. Can he change and prevent the prophecy from happening this time? I don't know, but if he doesn't try... It will happen, and Father Gaslight would have been in the right to try to stop that. So Lucifer and Father Gaslight, great, great way to go. Lucifer has his own daddy issues. Whenever you hear his father, he kind of cringes. What are your thoughts on Lucifer's daddy issues? I think that he deserves to have them. It makes sense. I mean, if my dad was God... I definitely would have some issues as well. And I don't know how how fair or how good God has been to Lucifer in this story that's been presented to us uh, versus how he's treated Amenadiel. And I, I understand why he does have that. Uh, it makes sense. I don't know. Can you repeat the question? Sorry. Well, we're just I was paying about, attention too much to what Roxy was saying. Lucifer's daddy's daddy issues. issues. Daddy issues. I was thinking of Lucifer as a sugar daddy and that kind of thing. So I got off of my well, own tangent. Are you asking that in comparison to Father Gaslight? Do you think that he is looking at Father Gaslight 
uh, as an older male figure and entrusting him more because of his daddy issues? I was actually referring specifically to the concept that anytime father or fatherhood is brought up, Lucifer always brings up God and how he wasn't there. He has that conversation with Amenadiel. Okay, so he talks about these from. daddy issues and he mentions it to Father. Uh, now I'm calling him Father Gaslight, Father that's, Kinsley that's as well. That's his name now, yeah. Father Kinsley as well, where where he tells Father Kinsley, he's, he says, oh, well, I have my own daddy issues. Got it. I wasn't realizing that the daddy issues were that prevalent, but you're right. With the scene with Amenadiel where he talks about how our father wasn't even there, so you will be better than that. I completely agree. And it's not the first time. So the daddy issues concept has gone on throughout season one, season two, season three, and now is brought back, but has never been this blunt before. We've always had Sprinkle, but this time it's just he keeps bringing it up. Well, season one, it was very on the nose. but Yeah, and I think it's in his face, too, because he's constantly dealing with priests. Father issues. This is the father. Uh, speaking of which, shout out because I barely even recognize him as the saint of all killers from Preacher. I'm loving DC keeping this in the same universe, which is awesome. But I think that when you're confronted constantly with the voice of your dad, the voice of your dad, that's what these priests are, essentially. That's got to keep bringing up these wounds. And I, I don't know. He really desperately does need a therapist. Again, I don't know if Linda's the right one for him, <laughs> but he needs to talk to somebody. Is that like being the, the son of like a beetle or something like that? Where it's just like your dad is so famous that you can't be seen or taught and like without people bringing it up or having that in the back of your mind, subconscious if inferiority. If your dad is God, it's got to be a little different than if you are, uh, which one of them has a daughter? John, Ringo, one of them. One of them sure. has a daughter. <laughs> Ringo's like an son. honorary beetle. I mean, I just, I don't, I don't know if you, if it, there's any comparison on this earth to legitimately your dad being the creator. No, but I'm just saying, like in terms of like Paris Jackson. Continue. But yeah, but in in terms of yeah, Lucifer, documentary, Lucifer literally moved to Los Angeles, which is like the town of daddy issues caused by famous parents. Just saying there's something to but draw th- from. Do you think of God as famous? Yeah. Yes. Oh, okay. Like, not as famous as Kanye, but, like, up there. Yeah, he's definitely up there. He's no he's no Yeezus. <laughs> calm down. <laughs> Got well, it. Let's calm Got down. It. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I, I do agree. We all do have the need, or at least the want, to talk to someone. That's why we... Amenadiel has daddy after, issues, too. Let him trans... After Buzz. I, I heard it, but... Thank you. That's on why it we anyway. have After Buzz. Past it. Where we talk about, talk about all the shows. Yeah. All the show. Steven, would you like to talk about After Buzz? I want to talk about Amenadiel's daddy issues. <laughs> you guys hear that I'm not even able to get through the show without mentioning Game of Thrones or any other TV show or Preacher. Like, thank goodness we have After Buzz to have after show coverage for all the other TV shows because I seriously, as a super fan, listen to so many of our different breakdowns and need them more than anything. And that's why we're the ESPN of TV talk. That's why we have over 100 of them a week. Yeah, very true. So, by the way, guys, if you guys want to help us out and if you're loving After Buzz TV, something that could be really amazing is if you like, comment, subscribe. Why does that matter? Because when you like and when you subscribe, it actually brings us to a higher awareness of other people so they're able to find our show easier, which means we're going to be able to continue bringing you this content. And when you comment, then we're able to read those comments live on air. You can either join us in the live chat or on iTunes, wherever it is. We're going to read all of your comments. And if you think of something that we didn't think of, maybe we'll shout you guys out. Uh, Also, 
I just want to take all of your thoughts and then use them as my own because I'm the brainchild, so I want to sound really smart, so you can help me out by doing that. Yeah, Roxy loves it when you steal ideas. Um, let's uh, tell you that you Such can go to dig. iTunes. Leave uh, five stars and a rating, and I'll give you a shout-out on the show. But we are available in podcasts, so go to iTunes and do that. Yeah, Definitely. Bye. And we appreciate each and every one of you. Remember, this panel isn't just us. It's all of you at home. You guys are, if not as much, more so a part of this panel. And we do enjoy your comments so, so very much. And I would love to know what you guys think about uh, Chloe's struggles with Lucifer. Is Lucifer good or evil? Let's start that poll below. Good or evil? Is Lucifer good or evil? And also, you don't necessarily on that have to explain yourself. I just want to know, good or evil? If it's black or white, good or evil? Why has it got to be black? Okay. So. I said black or white, good or evil. Black was the good. Oh, that's hurtful to my second favorite white boy, Stephen. Dan, Father Gaslight's really pushing me (laughs) off the pedestal. So which one is it? Good or evil? Lucifer. I think he's fairly human in, in moralistic integrity. Can you just integrity. play the game ever? You got to give the answer. No, because it's like if you, it, it depends on what you're. Because everyone has a different. Good, like, I think he's good. Everyone has a thank you, Jeff. Everyone has a different moral scale, right? So if you're gonna base Lucifer's actions on his morality, then he's evil because he tortured people for millennia. But he also people says who it's his deserved job. it. He also says it's his job. Yeah, but even if you're gonna find somebody and it's like, oh well, they deserved it. Who deserves what? How do you get to decide that? You know who decides that? God. And God specifically put Lucifer in charge of this. So God tells man not to judge, but doesn't say any of that to the angels. I said he's good. (laughs) Thank you, Roxy, for playing the game. game. I know how to follow the rules. So Lucifer thinks Chloe is lying. And And why does he think that? Because she is. Facts. Facts. Bitch. She That's tri- how I feel about Chloe fun. in this episode. Are you kidding me? This is not the Chloe I want to see. And finally, we do get to the Chloe I want and the Chloe that I love. But this whole episode, I just want to shake her and be like, why are you doing this? Why? It, it It's so mean. And he's been nothing but good to you. He's been nothing but kind to you. He's done nothing but save your life time and time again. And you don't, you're not even trying to kill him anymore. So just be honest. He's given you every opportunity. I was annoyed. It's a very annoying situation and also plays in a part where Father Kinley is excommunicated and here we see a lack of communication. Very interesting dichotomy that goes on. Hey yo. Good good astute observations, yeah. David. Hey yo. Lucifer does charity. Uh that did he did, do it though, or did he just No, they just leave? showed up. I know, but it seemed really sinister the way Chloe was taking him there. Can I ask you guys a, a question? I maybe blinked and missed it, but all I see is that it says on the sign community service. Kind of seemed what it was, it's, yeah. It's very specific. They were going to feed the homeless, I think, is what it was. So it was, it was like a soup kitchen kind so, yeah. of situation. Okay. I've done a ton of community service in my day. Don't forget, I was a Girl Scout for 13 years. Never have I ever done something that has a banner behind it that says community service. Like, is that what you, if you are going to get soup at a soup kitchen, is that what you want to look up and see as they're serving you? Community service. Maybe that's just the soup of the day, Rox. Mm. Mm. Don't say anything. <laughs> let, let, let him sit in that. Can Chloe ever accept Lucifer? And through it, Lucifer's face. She said, she said, I don't know, but I want to. 
I don't think this is a vain thing in any way. I don't think this is about what he looks like and her not liking him, not being physically attracted to him. I think it's almost more like a bestiality kind of thing. Can I accept that I'm in love with somebody who is not a human, a species that is not human? I don't think that at all. You you might be right, but I don't think that at all. I think it's I think it's not even his face. You're right that it's not his face. But I think his face is the manifestation of everything she views him to be right now. Pa, yes, that too. That as well. But I, I don't think because I'm sure people online are like, well, she can't love him because his face is deformed. It's not that his face is deformed. It's that it's not, it's not a human face. Yeah, someone loved Seal. <laughs> what, too soon? <laughs> I, I love Seal. So the concept is when it comes to the... When it comes That's to Lucifer, so when Lucifer shows face, she, uh, Chloe, breaks down and in an emotional scene, which I thought was aptly placed, we get some real. Chloe says, I'm terrified, shouts it. That was like an acting workshop there. It was great. So, you know when you when they say, but what do you really feel? And but what deeper? What's behind that layer? It's that I'm terrified. And she's bawling. And I was just thinking, yes. And she can't even raise her eyes and look at him when he has goblin Satan face. face. On. Satan face. The green goblin. Yeah. I, I don't know if I would be able to either. It's a hard thing to to actually be able to process. Uh I wonder, though, when he says, so she says, I, I don't know if I'll ever be able to accept it. And he says, then I know what I have to do. Or what does that mean? Basically. Leave he, her or not be with her, not be her partner, he not said, be her lover. I know what your lover. answer is. So I think it's just like, he's just like, there isn't a future that he was imagining. As a coworker or as a? Romantic love interest, okay. I think. Well, the coworker and the romantic love interest, in my opinion, go hand in hand because if we remember when Chloe was gone, Lucifer wasn't working on cases. I mean, the only reason he's really working on cases, he doesn't have a stake in the hand of all these murders. It's because of Chloe. He gets to be close with, to Chloe. It's the well, Dan certainly not recovery. letting him on set. What is that called? When there's a, bo- a dead body, it's not set. <laughs> <laughs> the crime scene. Yeah. Crime scene. I like set. <laughs> I like great. set. Not letting so, him on crime So scene. the concept is... Chloe goes and finishes off this case by herself. And Dan even asks, What's, where's Lucifer? Oh, we're not working together anymore. Yeah. So I let's see how long that sticks for. Let's see how long that sticks for. Dan, man. Dan had a great storyline. Dan, man. Dan storyline. So Dan needed comfort, and he gets it in the best, worst possible way. Let's uh, to examine the Los Exes. Who needs a warrant nowadays? No, nah, you don't need it. Well, clearly Chloe operates under that, too, considering every time they see somebody, Lucifer beats the living crap out of them. Yeah, or he kicks down the door and jumps into the house because they think he's the murderer. For like probable oh. cause, whatever yeah. it is. Uh, it's, it's insane, but that has been more uh, reminiscent of who Chloe is for the last few seasons. Dan, we have not seen this side of, really. He's been more of a stickler for the rules. And now that he's lost, who he's probably deeming at this time to be the love of his life, and he's not seeing his daughter as much because she was apparently just taken to Europe, and his ex-wife is definitely out of the picture, I think he's starting to figure out who he is, and Maze is taking him down a dark path. Really quick, I think it's interesting if you look at Charlotte as like the angel on Dan's shoulder, and now look at Maze as like the demon on her shoulder. There's no angel there anymore. And even with the daughter, like, even with Trixie, like, Trixie, we talked about the imaginary friend, but 
Maze is like, really, hey, check out this knife. Let me pass yeah. you this knife. Like, Maze is the bad influence here. Are they going to bone? Well, it looks like it might be going down that path. I was actually going to ask you guys that. I do want to remind everyone that in season one, Dan started off a bad cop, which is how he got demoted down to regular beat instead of detective in the first place. This is him reverting, not oh. him converting. There's uh, a difference. Good point. Good yeah. point. So, oh, so you can change for the better or for the worse or from worse to better to worse. Dirty Dan. I kind of like this, Dan. Is our maze and Dan... Gonna hit it up? Our maze and Dan. Let's just leave it hanging right there. Our maze and Dan. Yes, I think they will. No, I don't really want that. Days. I, I don't think so. Shipping it as days. I think they're gonna get close. Or man. That's pretty great. I think they're going to get close, but I think he's going to stop it in its tracks. He comes to a sense. He's just going to be like, this is not, this is old me. Again, this whole season is past catching up to people or whether it will or not or whether people can change their nature. And I think this is another temptation towards Dan to go back to his old self. And can he resist the temptation or can he stay the person he's become? Wouldn't it be kind of cool, though, to see her make that decision? If we see Maze grow a little bit and say, Dan, you deserve different. This is not a good match instead of Dan realizing. I mean, I'm I'm still stuck on Maze having pink hair right now. I can't see that much growth. She is slaying, girl. Uh, really quick, a minute deal and the pregnancy and trying to be a dad and a husband. And be an extra. Not surprised. That's his whole MO. I'm going to be a good guy. I'm here. I'm showing up. Let me propose. Blech. <laughs> no. No. Blech. No. Such a great scene. Ella takes off the chain. Interesting. Uh, if I was Dan, I'd be feeling like a hot pile of dog poop for pointing it out and then having her take it off. You don't want to mess with somebody else's faith. I always saw it as misery loves company, and Dan is miserable right now and wanted Ella to join. Yep. He's just kind of projecting his own misery onto other people. And mm. everybody's already miserable, and they're both miserable for the same reason right now, so it's even mm. worse. And then we get the new girl walking in. Hey! And I threw out a prediction of sorts, but I think it was kind of spot on. Eve, the first love. We get this prophecy. First love. Lucifer's first love is Eve. Yeah. Eve orders an apple teeny. We all definitely saw that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Every one of us was like, oh, my God, table. an apple? She must be Eve. All I was thinking was, what a little bitch drink. Yeah, kind of. And, is that, it? and, and then I felt, like, really dumb. She hasn't so. been named yet. However, we know is Enbar Lavi, who is an Israeli superstar come hey, alive. So the Israeli superstars, if... if you haven't been paying attention to them. Gal Gadot, my Wonder Woman. Hey, they're coming up. They're coming up, and they're coming for you. So let's get into some news and gossip. Woo! All right, here we go. So you guys know that if you're follow, if you're loving Lucifer, you should definitely be following them on Twitter because they do so much interactive stuff. Even the Lucifer Writers Room, they're both verified, so they're easy to find. They were trending at number one, which I was so happy to see because people didn't know when this was coming back, how it would actually look. So they were trending at number one in the U.S., we did a live Q&A also, uh, and we had some of the cast members that were answering questions, although it seemed like they might be a little tipsy because they were kind of, they were asked some things oh, and they were like, oh, so these are the writers actually, uh, Jeff, yeah, you can hit it, they were talking about the right, season. so it's Joe Henderson and Chris Rafferty, two of the writers from the show. They seem so, so the proud. the question was, were there any things we didn't get to do in season four which got cut out? And the answer I think actually is no. But I think there's a lot of ideas we have for Season 5 that as we were brainstorming Season 4, we found that we could do in Season 5. 
If we are so lucky. Yeah. Uh, everyone's butt. Everyone's butt. Everyone's butt. Everyone's butt. So that's what I love to hear, that we're going to see more booty and that they're planning on season five, which I'm really excited about. There also was a tweet put out by Netflix talking about what we did in this to make it so that they were coming back, which was 3.64 million tweets that were put out by us wow. using hashtag Save Lucifer uh, and 5.63 million retweets. So way to go, team. I know I did at least half those. And that's your news and gossip for We're, Lucifer. We are the ones who brought it back. By we, I mean you, Roxy. Great job. Thank I you already so know much. that's how it went. Uh, let's jump into our special segment. Not that I'm so eager, but let's go to the Circles of Hell. Circles of hell. Guys, we're going to be talking about the third circle of hell, which I'm going to really stretch this to make it work with the episode because it's gluttony. And let's just say this episode didn't really have a lot of food eating competitions or anything like that. But when reaching the third circle of hell, Dante and Virgil's souls find the gluttons. They're overlooked by the worm monster Cerberus, which you've seen portrayed as a three-headed dog in a lot of things. And the sinners in this circle are punished by being forced to lie in slush by a never-ending icy rain, and it symbolized the personal degradation of the one who overindulges in food, drink, and otherworldly pleasures. But they're unable to see others around them, and that represents the glutton's selfishness and coldness of being unable to see other people. So we can make this work with the episode. Especially with Dan. Are you kidding? This was a very gluttonous episode for Dan, not giving an F about anybody else and just wanting to have that worldly pleasure of murdering and punching and kicking and maybe making out with a really hot chick. Demon. Demon chick. Hell yeah. So Dan's totally in on this. Also, if you look at Cerberus as somebody who's overlooking people who aren't seeing each other for what they are, then you could say that Father Gaslight is kind of the Cerberus to this third level of hell for this episode, where Lucifer is unable to really, you know, see it from the other person's perspective for Chloe, which draws a spike between them, and Chloe, who's unable to see that Lucifer already knows, and she needs to come clean, and also, you could also take it from the guy who decided to eat a wooden spike, who couldn't see that the I people that around him. I can't get my head. Oh my god! Don't mention it Thank again. Thank you, Netflix. Oh, you know, it's just getting the splinters out of your tongue is a really tough business. When you're dead, you don't have to. But he couldn't see that he was being lied to, and he couldn't see that the people that he was protecting actually were on the straight and narrow and not relapsing into their bad old habits. All right, you made it work. You did make it work. And now let's go to some gluttony because I'm hungry. But before we get to get some food, <laughs> yeah, I'm pointing at Roxy. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> let's get into some quick predictions. Your After Buzz TV prediction. Father Gaslight's uh, partner in crime going to be dead by next episode. Bishop Hoffman. Bishop Hoffman. Dead. The one black out. bishop. I'm sorry. Gone. I'm sorry. We're killing him. I thought that was Erg from Gifted. <laughs> sorry, guys. Uh, I don't think he's going to die. I think he's going to become subservient bitch bishop to Father Gaslight once the prophecy starts coming true and they get backing from the church. Bitch bishop. Never heard that before. I've never heard that. I think that I think that uh, the young lady at the end is Eve, and I think that that's going to play, and Lucifer and her are going to rekindle some type of love-hate love that will make Chloe jealous. Oh, you think question. she's actually Eve? She's like actually in terms Eve. of Lucifer will recognize her as Eve. I believe so. Okay, so this isn't Lucifer and Eve meeting for the first time. This is like this is Eve. Yo, what up, my old 
friend with benefits. This is Eve. Got it. Whether okay. it's a reincarnation of Eve, the way we had Charlotte, or Eve herself, no, this is Eve. I don't think reincarnation in a different body. I think her, her. Yeah. Wow. And, okay. I wasn't seeing it that way. The likelihood of you being in a really hot bod like that twice, probably not. So it's got to be her. I mean, Tom Ellis has been in a really hot bod many times. Hey, oh. All right. So where can people find you, Stephen? Uh, not that anyone would want to, but if you want to be found, <laughs> it's Stephen Lemieux. You guys can find me everywhere at Roxy Stryer. That's right. And I am Teron, literally at I am Teron, all across the social atmosphere. Find me also hosting and paneling on a slew of other After Buzz after shows because I love all the same TV programs that you do. And one of those programs happens to be Lucifer, which we talk about all the time because we are binge-watching it with you. We will have so much more Lucifer, so please check your subscription channels and times and find us until the next Lucifer episode from us to all of you. Our founder, Kevin Undergaro, and me, Maria Menunos, would like to thank you for tuning in to AfterBuzz TV. Remember, we're not just the first, we're the biggest in the world, and we're the only destination for all your favorite TV shows. Whatever you crave, we've got it. So go to AfterBuzzTV.com and check out our lineup. Buzz you later. (laughs) The views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals. 